The Kentucky Wildcats look to exact revenge on the LSU Tigers tonight. We preview that matchup on today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You are Locked on Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode, we are going to be previewing Kentucky basketball's matchup with the LSU Tigers tonight, looking to even the series this year at 1-1. One and one. The Wildcats lost 65-60 to 60 early in SEC play uh, just a few weeks ago. We're going to preview the LSU offense. We're going to talk about the LSU defense, and then we're going to ask some final questions and give a final score later on in the show. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Want to remind everybody that we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. All right, the LSU offense. So whenever we first previewed the LSU Tigers, LSU was averaging a little over 77 points a game. Their pace of play uh, was relatively solid. You know, they, they were putting up a lot of shots. They were making a decent amount of their twos. They weren't a great three-point shooting team. And they have since become incredibly unstable. And that's what I have on my notes here today. The LSU offense, unstable. So LSU started the season off 15-1. and one. And they were very, very high in the net rankings, very, very high in the Kempom rankings. A lot of people really liked this LSU team to potentially make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. And th- these were all early projections. So LSU started off 15-1. and one, And then they got into the SEC play. They struggled with some different injuries. And then they went 1-6. They had a stretch where they went 1-6. and six, And now, over their past four games, they're 3-1, and one, partially because their schedule's gotten a little bit lighter. Um, but still, they're fully healthy right now, at least to my knowledge. Uh, and so right now, currently 19-8 and eight overall. Not what everybody thought they used to be, or not everybody what, not what everybody thought LSU was. Uh, they are no longer the elite team that everybody thought they were. All right, 73.1 points per game is sixth in the SEC. LSU's pace of play is still relatively quick. Uh, Will Wade is, is known for pushing the ball up and down the court, both offensively and defensively, applying pressure on both ends. Uh, LSU still puts a lot of shots up. They put up 60 field goal attempts per game. That's seventh in the SEC, and you may say, well, that's average in the conference. Still, that on a national scale uh, is, a, is, a, is a decent amount of field goal attempts. They take an average... Uh, amount of threes taken somewhere between 20 to 22 per game. Uh, and, and something that we talked about whenever we previewed LSU is that the Tigers really like to rely on high percentage looks. And when you look at this Kentucky offense, something that we've discussed a lot here on the show, if you've been listening for, for a while, is the, the shot selection for this Kentucky offense and how some people may not be Really big fans of two-point jumpers, mid-range shots. I personally am not a fan of a large volume uh, of two-point jumpers. I think there's a lot of math to back it up. I think whenever you go and watch film, teams consistently don't uh, make those shots at a high rate. But Kentucky is a little bit different, and they knock down those two-point jumpers, and it makes their offense incredibly difficult, difficult to guard, in my opinion. And so Kentucky does it 
and it's fine, but it's not good shot selection. It's not a high percentage shot. LSU sticks to high percentage shots. They stick to layups, shots inside the paint, and three-pointers. Three-pointers at the corners a lot as well. So high percentage looks is what LSU likes to get. And we broke down shot charts whenever we first uh, whenever we first previewed uh, the Tigers. We're not going to go over that today. Uh, just inside the paint and straightaway threes for the LSU Tigers. Stylistically, Will Wade, disciple of Shaka Smart, very, very similar in style offensively. They're very up-tempo. They love to push the ball in, uh, in transition after misses. And in the half court, you'll see Wade typically run some type of weave-heavy motion offense. Baylor runs it. Um, we've, seen, uh, we've seen opposing teams like Kansas run, run similar sets. Weave motion offense is something relatively common. Uh, you'll see you'll see a lot of you'll see in Kentucky runs this as well. You'll see a lot of dribble handoffs on the wing, where where guards or forwards will 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 come around the wing and then catch it and kick it back out. And we're gonna weave over and over and over. Uh, you'll see double screens. You'll see lots of motion coming off the ball as well, working around the. You'll see LSU work the ball around the perimeter to eventually get a shot inside, which is which will be relatively quickly. Uh, in LSU's case, some of the, some more of the uh, statistics here: LSU shooting forty four point two percent from the field, which is a little over average in the SEC. And um, one of the most confusing statistics here: so LSU was first in the SEC in free throw shooting percentage when Kentucky played them. They're now eleventh. They only shoot about seventy percent from the free throw line. Really falling off in that category, a category that they've actually surprisingly risen in that most SEC teams have actually declined in is three-point shooting. Uh, LSU now shoots about 32.5% from three, which is fifth in the SEC. LSU grabs an average around, um, amount of rebounds, but their offensive rebounding is actually relatively impressive. They're 23rd nationally in rebounding percentage. So when, when you're looking at what has changed with this LSU offense, I don't think stylistically they've changed. I don't think they've really had to adjust a whole lot. But I think partially why LSU had a little bit of a dip uh, in, in production is because they have been dealing with various issues to various uh, positions. So I would imagine that's why LSU's had a little bit of a dip in offensive production or scoring production. And also couple that with the fact that at the time when Kentucky and LSU played each other, they were coming off what was a majority of their schedule was had, had just been non-conference games. And so maybe their numbers were inflated a little bit. Now that LSU's gotten a taste of SEC play, it's more difficult competition. Your numbers are probably going to decline just a little bit. So I'm not particularly, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, look, the LSU offense is, has gotten terrible. I just think they're unstable. I think they're unstable in a variety of, uh, of ways. And when you look at this team holding on to the basketball, when you look at the way that they operate in the half court, they really, really struggle whenever it comes to turning the ball over. I think that one of the things that Kentucky really needs to hone in on in this game is putting pressure on both uh, Xavier Pinson and Eric Gaines, two guards for LSU. Both of them average over three turnovers per game. The team is 341st uh, nationally in turnover percentage, which is really, really not good. So I think applying pressure to LSU's guards is going to be important in this game. Three key contributors here, and then we'll move on to the defense. Xavier Pinson, uh, he is back from injury. He's the, one of their lead guards, a transfer from Missouri. 
He can't shoot worth a rip, shooting 39% from the floor and 28% from three, but he is a distributor, averaging four and a half assists per game. Their leading, their, uh, leading scorer, Tari Eason, one of the better players in the SEC, actually, averaging almost 17 points a game, 7.1 rebounds per game and an assist per contest. I believe he's a sophomore forward, moves very well in the paint, and he comes off the bench still for the Tigers, which confuses me. Um, I think it's because he and Darius Days play the same position, so you want to rotate Eason in. But at the same time, when you go and look at Kimpom, you'll see Days and Eason on the floor at the same time, so why not just let Eason start? I don't know. I don't get it. And then finally, the third key contributor here is Darius Days, veteran forward for the team. Leads the team in field goal attempts and three-point attempts, uh, averaging 13.3 points per game, almost eight rebounds a contest. And I noted here... Uh, in, in my notes, that he is incredibly streaky. And you go look at his game logs, he will have games where he'll shoot 50% to 60%. The very next game, he'll shoot 20, 28 to 16%. And he'll go up and he'll go down. And he'll go up and he'll go down. And he'll have games where he'll play re- uh, stretches of games where he plays really, really well. And then he'll have some stretches where he doesn't even score 10, like for four or five games in a row. Um, so so Darius Days is on. Is on uh, uh, and and he, he is rising up right now. In terms of uh, in terms of being on and being off, I believe his past two games, um, he shot over fifty percent. So we'll have to see how he shoots against Kentucky. All right, we're going to get to the LSU defense here because it is the bread and butter of this team. We're going to talk about what the Tigers do on defense in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Built Bar. This is the time of year that we've pretty much given up on all of our New Year's resolutions, but there's one that we need to continue to stick to, and it's eating right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not even res- really a resolution because Built Bars are actually enjoyable to eat. Have you tried the Built Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They are fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. They are a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. These things are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars, including Puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they've got so many different amazing flavors to choose from. They've got mint brownie, coconut almond, salted uh, caramel, uh, cookies and cream, and for this month month of February, Built has a new flavor, white chocolate cookies and cream. It's absolutely fantastic, and not only do they have white chocolate cookies and cream, Built has new flavors coming out all the time. If Built thinks a flavor might be good, They'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will also be good for you. You can go to Built.com right now, and you can use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, you can go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. All right, continuing along here on the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Daw here with you again. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. If you're watching on YouTube, I'd really appreciate it if you subscribed. If you're listening on podcast, if you would leave a review, give your thoughts on the show, would really, really, really uh, appreciate it. All right, the LSU defense. Last time we talked about these guys, we noted that they are incredibly physical, very aggressive, and we're sticking with that narrative. LSU's defense has not really changed a whole lot. Now, their statistics have gotten a little bit worse, again, because they've played a, a lot of conference play. They played a, uh, a relatively difficult schedule now that they've had that added to, uh, to, their, uh, to their year, but still very physically aggressive. Will Wade, like I mentioned uh, a little bit ago, is a shock of smart disciple, and both Smart and Wade defensively have an aggressive style of play 
and it's widely known as Havoc, which relies on heavy use of the full-court press and uh, pressing after made baskets to disrupt uh, opponents' timing of their uh, offensive sets. So it's why LSU, despite their turnover woes on offense, still has a positive 3.2 turnover margin because they, they turn opponents over a lot because of how aggressive they are and how much pressure they apply to the opposing team. And I noted way back when, whenever we previewed LSU, that there were a lot of games in non-conference play that LSU had trailed in and then eventually won. And I don't remember if I said it on the show, but I, but I feel like I said something to the effect of, I think eventually this will come back to bite LSU. They, they will get into a game where they get down and they can't come back because they're going to start playing some more difficult opponents. So LSU was down against Georgia Tech, Texas State, Liberty, Belmont, Wake Forest, Louisiana Tech, uh, and, and eventually won those games by very large margins. And then they got their first taste of SEC play. They played against Auburn, and they trailed by 17 at one point in that game, and they lost by 15. Since the Kentucky game, since LSU's game against Kentucky the first go-round, LSU has gone three and five in close games. And you say, what, what defines a close game? Well, I went look and looked through the schedule and it was eight point losses or games that were extremely tight in the last two minutes. So there were some games where LSU lost by six or eight or maybe even four points. And I, I went and looked at what actually happened in the game. And it was literally like, well, LSU either, either had a lead or LSU was down by one or two points with somewhere between two minutes and less than a minute remaining. So games extremely tight. Uh, in SEC play since the Kentucky game, LSU has gone three and five in those close games. So they've had they've taken a little bit of a, a gut punch on defense uh, re- recently. Even though their physicality wears defenses or wears other teams down, uh, teams have been able to kind of sustain things uh, here in SEC play. So Kentucky played LSU and scored sixty points, and the Tigers at the time were giving up fifty five point three points per contest. And now in SEC play, LSU's giving up 67 points a game. So again, it's, it's the, the, that's not a terrible number, but still, you can see the effects of SEC play on this team. And while they may be physically wearing opposing teams down, they've, they've met their match as of late. They're still third nationally in defensive efficiency. They're still first in steal percentage. They're eighth in block percentage nationally. Average 11.3 steals per game. That's still a great number. Here's the thing that bothers me, though, bothers me, though. And last game, we got to see Alabama foul a lot and put Kentucky at the free-throw line. We may see two games now where Kentucky gets fouled a lot and gets put at the free-throw line. LSU averages 21.4 fouls per game. That's a lot in SEC play. That is a lot. We talked about it after the Vanderbilt game, and we talked about it after the South Carolina game. How, how personally for me, I don't like a philosophy, a basketball philosophy defensively where your whole goal is to wear the opponent down and then put them on the free throw line and make it a free throw shooting contest. It's not fun to watch. The pacing's awful. I don't like it. It's not, it's not fun basketball. And that's what it is at the end of the day. In, in, end of the day. It's a game. But LSU, teams like LSU, teams like South Carolina, teams like Missouri, they foul you. And they put you on the free-throw line. And I think the hope is that the officials, if they start calling a tight game early, will eventually note the foul discrepancy, like there was in the Kentucky-LSU game, first time around. 
and then they'll start to even things up, and LSU will continue to play extremely tight de- defense. So, for instance, I believe it was like an 8-2 to two foul discrepancy. So, LSU had eight fouls, and Kentucky had two or something like that. And at the end of the half, LSU only had like two or three more fouls than Kentucky because they started to even things up. They started to call less fouls on LSU, even though they were still playing extre- extremely physical because the officials felt like, well, we're, we're calling an unfair game right now. And so I think that may be maybe uh, LSU's preferred style of play here because their fouls have only gotten, gone wor- gotten worse as SEC play has gone on. I think one of the most important things that Kentucky's going to have to do against, against LSU is not only do they need to apply pressure offensively or de- defensively to, um, to LSU's guards, I think they also themselves need to be able to beat the pressure that LSU is going to apply to them. Can Kentucky beat LSU's press consistently? They're going to have to, in my opinion. As one, that's one of the questions that I have down here. I think one of the most important things is, can Kentucky beat the press? The answer is, I think they have to. I think they have to to create some offense in this game. All right, we're going to talk about some final thoughts here uh, on, the, on this matchup. All things considered, I'll say this before we move on. I think that LSU is definitely not what we thought they were. And I don't think that they're going to they're gonna pull an Alabama and shoot just lights out from three for the first 10 minutes of the game. So I think this might be a little bit of a bad matchup. We're going to talk about why, a little bit more why it might be a bad matchup in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Bet Online. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player for performance props to where the next fired head coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, continuing along here on the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Final thoughts here. LSU versus the Wildcats looking to even the series for this season is Kentucky. I think Kentucky's going to, they are going to have to beat the press, like I was mentioning a little bit ago. And I think they're going to run the floor against LSU a little bit. But one of the keys to the game here. And I think this is why it's, it's going to be a bad matchup. It's at Rupp. But I think the, one of the reasons why this is going to be a bad matchup for, for LSU is because Kentucky has matured since that last game. And I think Kentucky is going to make better decisions offensively than they, they did against LSU. One of my biggest complaints in that episode, the recap episode of this first meeting, was that Kentucky did some stupid things on offense. They made some stupid, stupid, stupid decisions. And I think this game is going, we're going to see some much better decision making because of the maturity that this team now has. They've been able to go through what has been almost an entire SEC slate. They've learned things, they've seen things, they have now adjusted. And I don't think we're going to see the rushed panic version of Kentucky uh, in, in this game. I think we are going to see a, a, a very quick pace of play, but I think we're going to see Kentucky be efficient and be decisive, and be quick. And I think they're going to make some good decisions. And also, it's, the, it's, it's a home game, so I don't think the crowd's going to be throwing Kentucky out of rhythm. 
One of the things that we noted in this matchup last time, and I'm going to say it again, Oscar Shibwe can't get into foul trouble because Kentucky, or excuse me, LSU does have a couple of talented front court players. They've got Efton Reeb, they've got Tari Eason, they've got Darius Days. They've got, got some guys that can get to the rim. Shibwe can't afford to foul out or get into foul trouble in this game. It's going to be important that he stays on the floor. By the way, if any of you mentioned or missed it, talked a lot on yesterday's episode about Oscar Shibwe and his new NIL deal. And I would really encourage you to go listen to that episode. Give me your thoughts on it. I think it's very interesting what Oscar Shibwe's got going on now. I think that something that Kentucky did not do well in the LSU game is, again, like I said, uh, they did not have a lot of great shot selection on offense. They didn't shoot the three well. I think that knocking down some shots in transition, some outside shots, some shots outside the paint are going to be crucial in this game for Kentucky. To, now I'm not saying knock down a ton, just knock down a couple. Knock down a couple, make LSU run, and then make them pay. One final question here. Does LSU have the offensive firepower to keep up with the Wildcats? Especially given the fact that this is at Rupp and that these two teams have, I, f- not, I don't feel like drastically changed, but they've, they've definitely changed a little bit, and one of them is struggling and the other isn't. And one of them is playing at home and the other isn't. And so I just really, I don't know if LSU has the offensive firepower to keep up. They shot 42% from the field in the first game, and that was at home. But the thing that, that really killed Kentucky were the, the several three-pointers that LSU just happened to randomly make at the end of that, that, that first meeting. LSU ended up shooting 39% from three in that first contest. I don't think they do that in this game. I don't think they shoot. Uh, I don't think they shoot particularly well. I don't think they pull in Alabama. And uh, Darius Days drops like 15 in the first eight minutes of the game. I think Kentucky shuts LSU down over the course of different stretches in this matchup. I think they force uh, Xavier Pinson and Eric Gaines to turn the ball over a little bit. I think we see these cats get out and run in transition a little bit. We saw it in the Alabama game. It's not going to be to the success level of the Alabama game. But I think we're going to see a better result than the first go-round between these two teams. And I think LSU loses this game. I think Kentucky wins, and I think that they cover. I believe BetOnline.net currently has the line at 8 in Kentucky's favor. I'm going to say Kentucky covers. 79-67 to is my final score prediction. I don't think Kentucky gets to 80, but I think they get close. 79-67. to If you've got a final score prediction, leave it in the YouTube comments. I always love going to see... Y'all's, uh, y'all's final score predictions. Nobody's gotten it yet, and nobody's gotten, I think, in- insanely close yet, but I'm still looking for it. And if you're listening on podcast, uh, you can uh, hit me on the socials and give me your thoughts on the final score. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore, and you can follow the show on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. I will see you all tomorrow to hopefully recap a Kentucky Wildcats win. Have a good day, everybody, and God bless.